0: Matthew Stafford is a world champion. And I know there was some whining Packers fan because, listen, a lot of us Bears fans were pointing out that Matthew Stafford now has as many NFC championships, as many Super Bowl rings as Aaron Rodgers. And some whiny Packers fan was like, why do you always got to pick on Aaron Rodgers? What about Drew Brees? And you're like, you know what? First of all, uh, I I think you don't understand how fandom works. Uh, This is what we do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it it sucks for us. It's not, yeah, I wish I wish my life didn't revolve around the Packers losing all the time. I wish I could instead celebrate my team winning. That's not that's not that's not the world we live in. But you know what? Now that you mention it, I do sort of hate Drew Brees as well. You know what? Let's not forget the rivalry that the Chicago Bears had with the New Orleans Saints back in the aughts. You know, I used to work with Reggie Bush and I said, you know what? I let you off the hook for a lot of things. You know, I should I should be a little bit more upset with you for all the, you know, the little rivalry we had going on. So yeah, Drew Brees, let's throw you in the mix as well. Let's throw you in. Listen, I have enough, I have enough vitriol to go around to everybody. And by the way, when it comes to Peyton Manning, I think a lot of you Bears fans need to get on my level. There's not a lot of you joining me in the rebuke of Peyton Manning, he beat us in the Super Bowl. Why are you all cool to him? We should be upset. Don't 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 watch the Manning cast. That should be something that irritates us. But in any event, I don't want to spend too much time on that because we got a great show for you tonight. It's Take It to the Rank Tuesday night. We have got a great guest joining us here, and you know what, Sammy? Let's just roll the animation and start the show. Turn up your, your volume. Up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast Podcast. with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Is it too much to ask? At some point, we're just going to be celebrating Justin Fields. Like look at the Bengals fans. You know, like uh, last year, two years ago, they're making fun of the Browns. they're hating the Browns and the Steelers and the Ravens. Now they're the envy of the AFC North. I hope that the Bears at one point can get to that level. Uh, but right now, we're going to be drink, uh, We're going to be bringing in our guest of the evening. One of my favorite guys on Twitter. I hope you are following him. He is the lead draft analyst. He's a Bears writer and reporter. He's a podcaster. He does it all for the Windy City Gridiron. He is an NFL draft analyst for the Draft Wire. Please welcome to the show, Jacob Infante. Jacob, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks for having me on. And I've what I, I, I just want to point out here. I've been looking in the oh. background. Uh, I've noticed the okay. funko, I've noticed the Funko Pops before. I just now noticed the Oscar one in the back.
0: So, oh, she's she's brand new. She's actually been recently added to the uh, to the mix there.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a good little setup you got going on there. A little less uh, decorative over here. I got my Italian flag and whatnot because I was talking with your uh, producer over there, and we had a nice little discussion about this old this old bad boy in the background here. But yeah, no, I you having me on for sure.
0: No, it's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything that you do on Twitter. I know that. You Berlissimo. I hope there's not any heat. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull pull you guys together. But I think like we do, I think there's a pretty good representation of people on Bears Twitter who do a great job. You're one of the ones who stand out to me. So I wanted to come in here, get you on the show. I know we're ahead of the game talking about the draft. I do want to talk about some of the things that are going on, but you do have a Bears mock draft out right now, currently on the Whitney City gridiron, which is a part of SB Nation. Uh, Talk us through a little bit of that, because you have the Bears. I know a lot of people are talking about possibly going out, grabbing a wide receiver, a huge need. But in your mock draft, you have us taking Roger McCreary, the cornerback of Auburn. Why do you think that would be a better move for the Bears?
1: Yeah, so uh, full disclosure, I did that mock draft on a simulation website. I used uh, NFL Mock Draft Database, so Mm -hmm. they take a lot of – a lot of different big boards and mock drafts and team mock drafts and stuff like that. And, you know, put it all together in this big database and there's like a whole algorithm that goes into the consensus ranking there. Uh, I don't know how they do it. The guy who runs, it's actually a Bears fan. So, you know, a little uh, Bears plug there, but yeah. yeah, I did that mock draft and I, I went into it thinking, okay, I'm gonna, probably going to go receiver here because yeah, uh, I've made I haven't done a very good job of hiding my love for Purdue wide receiver David Bell. Right, uh, handful of that's guys. why I was
0: shocked. I was I thought for for sure that it. I don't if it's considered clickbait because I know I I don't know you, but I mean I follow you enough to know that you were going to pick David Bell. I'm like, what? <laughs> Spit take. Uh, that's why I was so excited to see you go with the cornerback. But yeah, so sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. No, I mean, not, no, I'm not <laughs> cutting you off.
1: Yeah. No, uh, but uh. Yeah, so I'm obviously uh, made it well known that I think David Bell is going to be a very good wide receiver at the next level, but when I picked at 39, one guy stood out to me, and that's Roger McCreary, the corner out of Auburn, and he's someone I actually had the chance to uh, chat with relatively recently, and uh, just listening to him, his confidence, and watching him on film, the aggressiveness he plays with, the just overall intelligence and ball skills he plays with, you're looking at that. Uh, that bears secondary right now, it's still pretty unproven. I mean, yeah. Orton Johnson looks like a guy you can build around long-term, but outside of that, at the position, I don't know. I mean, maybe Thomas Graham's the type of guy that you know you can put in the nickel at some point, but you you need an upgraded talent there for sure. So when I saw McCreary, who's a guy a lot of people have going in round one, I thought, okay, I need to bounce on this. So, yeah, I went with McCreary there. I think he a uh, great combination of – Best player available, value, need, all that good stuff that you're looking for in a draft pick. So, yeah, that's ultimately why I went with McCreary there.
0: No, it makes a lot of sense, and it's very similar similar to what happened with Jalen Johnson, who, well, not I mean that was an injury situation, but somebody who should have been a first round draft pick. And Ryan Pace was able to go out him go out there and get him in the second round. I think if you drafted Roger McCreary, McCreary. And you had those two studs. I'm a big Thomas Graham guy, but do feel that he's going to be better in the slot, which I, to me might be the most important position at cornerback, like what we've seen over the last couple of years. And I think if you start building that secondary a little bit more intensively, then you know what? It's going to benefit the Bears, de- uh, the Bears defense in the long run. The first wide receiver you take, though, way down in the fifth round, Bo Melton, a wide receiver out of Rutgers, who I like. I think he's a good player what would that, what would the, what would the Bears receiver room look like if they didn't get David Bell, uh, if they didn't get the Ohio State kid, if they didn't, if they did it up, like if Bo Melton was their first pick, would we have to be, I mean, obviously we'd have to be relying on free agent wide receivers. Who would, who would, who would be some of the names that we'd be looking at?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I, full disclosure, I did want to go receiver earlier. That's a I, the position i think don't
0: is- don't blame the algorithm listen you, <laughs> full disclosure you full disclosure me one more time it's your it's your name's on it you can I it's fine know. like there's not there's nothing wrong with what you did I I, I I agree with a lot of these picks i like these yeah. players um no but i'm just saying like i mean it's obvious we would have to just go yeah. and get a re- wide receiver in the free agency which might not be the worst idea
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that this is a really good group of receivers in free agency this year. And uh, just assuming that, like, Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin, those are probably long shots if we're being real here. But you're looking for, say, a Michael Gallup, maybe a Mike Williams, a DJ Chark, someone like that. I think especially DJ Chark, I don't think enough people are talking about him. I think that if Luke Getzey goes with this whole – okay, we need to stretch the field vertically a lot more, that sort of uh, scheme, than having someone who's tall, having someone who's fast like DJ Chark. I think that they could get him at a decent enough price and work with him, Mooney, and then uh, potentially another free agency signing, potentially a draft pick, whatever you want to do there. But in that case where you draft Bow Melton, you don't take a receiver until the fifth round, that's when you're probably relying on free agents. That's probably when you're looking for veterans to step in and immediately make an impact, but that's not a knock on Milton by any
0: means. No, no, not at all. No, that I didn't mean it as such. I was just saying that, you know, everybody it's so easy, especially when you do mock drafts or anything like that. I think most people even, you know, not just the fantasy dorks like myself, but I think a lot of people skew offensive and you saw what Jamar Chase was able to do and his impact with the Cincinnati Bengals this year. And it was like, we need our Jamar Chase. And like, So our chase was the sixth overall pick in the draft. So it's not like, like that, that's not something that's going to happen. That's probably not going to be something that falls to us in the second round. And I always think about secondary play. Like I hate to say secondary receivers, but I think guys like Emmanuel Sanders, who I don't know what his availability is. And I should have done a better job of looking that up, but I always feel like players like that who kind of go under the radar, I think could actually help and benefit Justin Fields growth because it's cool to have young wide receivers that he's growing up with but I think if you can bring in veteran guys like Emmanuel Sanders and even DJ Chark probably fits into this mix a little bit too I think that might actually be the smartest way for them to go
1: yeah no absolutely and I was actually looking into it pretty recently because I was uh, on that track of like free agent receivers and this is a very more or less vague kind of uh, tie here, so bear with me, but Nathaniel Hackett, who's the head coach of the Broncos now, he's the OC in Green Bay, he was an OC for DJ Chark's rookie year, and Hackett and Getze were on the same staff, so that's a lot of similar philosophies there, and there's a vague connection there, so again, I don't know how much that's going to go, how far that's going to go, in terms of wanting to get Chark to Chicago, but I don't know. I just thought that was something interesting that I found out. So, yeah, I think that a free agent would definitely be a smart idea, regardless of what they were in the draft. You no,
0: know, I think that there's going to be opportunities to go out and draft guys. Uh, what's up, buddy? Yeah, my son. <laughs> my son's a big DJ Chark fan. Yeah, so he's he gets excited when we when we start doing the DJ Chark thing. And you know what? I will say this too. I know I'm just waiting for it because I know how Twitter works. I know how the the the. The uh, the internet and everything goes like they will they will be like oh look at Alan Robinson all over again and you're yeah. like you know what Alan Robinson was actually pretty good yeah like I don't I don't I don't know where you fall on Alan Robinson I like every one of his tweets I know that when he signs with any as long as it's not Green Bay which and even if it's Green Bay I'm not gonna blame him because yeah. like I, I it's a new regime though Alan so like please like. Be kind to us. Like we listen, we we're we of us are with you, but I'll I want to ask where you fall on this. I sort of agree with him. I think that it's egregious that you slap the franchise tag on him, use them the way that you did, which is like just let him go then next time. If you don't want to, if you don't want him, like that's fine. Like it would have it would have broke my heart to have him walk away to go to some other team. It broke my heart even more to see the way he was used last year. How do you feel about Allen Robinson?
1: Yeah, so this is actually kind of interesting because I want to say it was like December or January of this year, something like that. Uh, I, I tweeted something out because Allen Robinson was very complimentary about uh, Lambeau Field. And yeah. I tweeted out, like, I didn't have an issue with that. But yeah. I was saying, hey, you know, uh, fans might get pretty mad at you for that. You know just a heads up and <laughs> i don't i don't know if i can say it uh but alan robinson basically told me to shut up on, on yes Twitter. and oh, I, re-
0: I remember That's, yeah <laughs> listen I, I i softballed my way into this question but
1: yeah no but <laughs> yeah uh but that aside i don't
0: did he did he did he block you did he do anything or what I happened know.
1: yeah so he didn't block me uh that's nice. maybe, maybe he has me muted. I have no idea. Uh, I, I still follow him on Twitter. He doesn't follow me back, but uh, I didn't unfollow after that whole thing. And I, I clarified like, Hey, you know, wasn't trying to knock you just saying the way it's perceived, but you, you know, me, I'm, uh, yeah. I, I'm a bit of a pacifist. I don't want to, I don't want to stir the pot or anything or just, you know, get people mad at me or whatever, but yeah, no. So to answer the question, I think Alan Robinson's a talented receiver who wasn't used to the full extent of his abilities I think that sure he didn't play as well individually as he had the previous two seasons, but at the same time, I do think that Matt Nagy's offense was very much one dimensional and didn't do the best to not only maximize Allen Robinson, but to maximize that entire team. And I I think that Allen Robinson still has the potential to be a number one receiver in the NFL. If it's in, in Chicago, I don't know. I mean, like you said, it's a new regime, so anything can happen, but. At the same time, like I still think that there's a lot of talent there. I think that in a new change of scenery, whether that's a new coach and a new offense in Chicago or just an entirely new location, uh, I think Robinson can bounce back next
0: year. 100%. And I always go into these fan theories of he loves the Chicago Bulls, he loves the Chicago sports scene, and you see him tweeting about it all the time, and he's pretty cool. He's pretty active. The Bulls are winning, so it's it's pretty cool. And then, so you're like, oh, you start getting into it. You're like, hey, maybe, like, again, new regime, new coach, Eberflus. You might know him a little bit from their day. I'm like, oh, I don't know where they intersected in the AFC South or anything like that. And then, at the same time, he's probably like, F, it. like, I just want to get out of here. <laughs> and he's going to go, and he's going to replace OBJ in Los Angeles. And I would be like, that's cool. Like, wherever he wants to go, like, whatever he wants to do. I If he doesn't play for the Bears next season, which is likely, the most likely thing. But I, I would like to see him go to a team that's already loaded where he's just coming in as a complimentary piece. I know he's a number one wide receiver. I think he's one of the best talents in the league. But if he went to Kansas City, it would be absolute insanity. Like, I would love to see that. Or any of those AFC teams that are now trying to keep up with the Bengals. Like, if he went to the Bills, you know what? Like, why not? Go go join the Bills. Play opposite of Stephon. Like, whatever. I hope it. I hope it is an AFC team again. Uh, So I can be super stoked for him, and uh, that's the thing. So what is this? Uh, So Jay Ross says Robinson doesn't have the hustle for pulls. Watch him on a run play. All right, like I, I'm listen. I'm not gonna dog him. Was this? I I don't feel like this was an issue throughout the entirety of his career. What do you think? I mean, like, was this it? I I don't think it's a huge issue. But what a I I'm probably I'm probably like being blinded by the fact that I'm a fan more than anything.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat as you. Honestly, I don't think that – I didn't notice that to be much of an issue outside of a bit this year. And I, I think more of it is just that, okay, well, Nagy's not prioritizing me. He's not using me the way I should. Uh, why should I care? And yeah, granted, that's not a good situation you want to be in, and you'd prefer that Robinson would just be like, okay, well, I'll try my best anyway and see what happens. But – uh. I, I don't know. It's a weird situation with Alan. It is. And uh, I, I think that I, I definitely would like to see more effort out of him uh, going forward. But at the same time, that's not saying that effort was a consistent issue during his time in Chicago. That's not saying he's not extremely talented. And like I said, again, I think he bounces back next year, wherever he goes, but no, I, I understand why bears fans are upset about the whole, uh, blocking and the whole effort issue for sure
0: you know who's not a bad blocker is uh odell beckham jr yeah i know. you know it's, it's funny because i remember when he was with the browns a couple of years ago we did this on nfl fantasy live i had them pull some tape of his blocking and his effort and i know that you don't get fantasy points or anything like that but it always stood out to me that even when things were bad like he was always blocking and he yeah. was always downfield um, obviously, he's not going to be able to uh, play probably in the beginning of this coming season because of his ACL injury that he suffered in the uh, in the Super Bowl. And I know this isn't Bears related, but I just wanted to stick up for OBJ because I like yeah. him. Uh, I like a lot of these guys. Anyway, uh, we do have some questions. I'm so okay. Sorry, Sammy. <laughs> I, we're, we're having a pleasant conversation. I wanted to see if Jacob was super mad at, at Robinson for getting mad at him earlier. Um, <laughs> who is the best replacement? Uh, for Allen Robinson, JF1 Bears forever, is saying Mike Williams is somebody who you mentioned before. How do you feel about big Mike Williams?
1: Yeah, so I'm a little iffy on Mike Williams. Uh, maybe not him as a player, but giving him a massive long-term contract, because, I mean, we've seen there have been some issues with injury with him. There's been some fluctuation in play, and I think that You know, fighting with Keenan Allen for targets, that's not necessarily going to help and make you a consistent star. But I would like to see a little bit more consistency out of Mike Williams before I give him like a long term huge deal. Uh, But that said, I think he brings a lot to the table size, obviously, physicality, and speed. And like, there's a reason he went as early as he did back in the 2017 draft. Like, he's a good player, and there's no doubt about that. But if you're coming in expecting him to be the wide receiver one, I don't know if he can be that guy, but if they're in that situation where they want to pay money for say a high end wide receiver two, then I definitely think Mike Williams is an option there.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on this and you know what living in Southern, like I always love when people are like living in Southern California, like you guys don't watch football. Um, Everybody, everybody's seen, but it, it's the same thing. And I think it's the injury situation. And I think the chargers, are very similar to the Bears, where they have guys who get these injuries, and I think it comes down to, like, the organization. Like, at some point, you got to look at the organization. Like, why do certain teams always have guys who get hurt all the time? It's like, I don't know that you're investing enough in your infrastructure. Like the Bengals. Like the Bengals, you're walking across, like, a city street to get to your (laughs) practice facility that's under a freeway. Like, what is happening? And I know the Chargers are investing in their – and then in a new place up in El Segundo, California, which sucks because they're their practice places it's right over there. Like yeah. I'm pointing right at it. Um, and at the same time, like I hope the Bears under Ryan Poles are now starting to expand the operation. They brought in an assistant general manager. We hear that there's going to be an analytics department. You know, a lot of things like modernize. The thing, Mike Williams has battled injuries so much that this seems like such a trap signing. Like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. Like, he's not going to be the lead dog. He's best to come into a team that already has a pretty good wide receiving core yeah. that he's just going to come in and be – he's not He's not the leader of the stable, but he's a very good person. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not – like, if this was a wrestling stable, he's not Ric Flair, but he could possibly be Tully Blanchard. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, he's oh, – yeah, like, he comes in, like, okay, he's one of the – he's one of the guys who's competing for the tag team title. Yeah. He's not going to be the A-lister. He's not selling out AEW uh, main events. By the way, Cody. R- By the way, my Cody, right there. Now that oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, Cody's back there. I was always worried, like there was too. Much- I had it. I thought I had too much AEW, but like now it's probably split. Nakamura's up here somewhere. Oh, now I'm I'm switching the tie to the WWE. <laughs> but uh, but Mike Williams is some. I'm I'm telling you right now, uh, Mike Williams is going to get a lot of money. Because a lot of teams are going to go back to their original scouting of him, like you were talking about. The reason he came out and was like a number – he was the top ten pick out of Clemson. That's the scouting that a lot of teams will go off of. And they do that. Like this is what a lot of teams do. They'll be like, what do we think about him coming out of college? He's been good in the NFL. They'll probably overvalue him. And to me, as much as I want to surround Justin Fields with great options, I just think that – I don't know. I, I know he's going to get like, because, <laughs> like, look at the guys last year that New England was throwing money to. It's like somebody's got to go out and do that. Maybe we're going to be that team that throws a lot of money to a, 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 whole, a whole stable of receivers. And we bring in Mike Williams and I, I keep going back to Emmanuel Sanders because I love him.
1: Yeah. And
0: think he's like the perfect type of wide receiver to have here. But we still need that dominant number one. That is not going to be Mike Williams. All right. We have more questions, Sam. Who would be an example of a second-tier receiver? Ryan Paul stated that's what they will look for in value. You know, we've covered this. I'm trying to think of some other names, and I'm trying to think of, like, who could be cut loose. Like, who would be available? I think, to me, one of the most interesting guys that had it not been for his injury, and if you're going to overspend for him, I would be okay with it. And you mentioned him a moment ago. Like Michael Gallup's kind of that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that Michael Gallup, there's a lot to like with him. And I feel like a lot of people forget just because of the fact that, oh, they have C.D. and Amari Cooper now because Gallup's wide receiver three. That's not as much of a knock on Gallup as it is just, holy crap, the Cowboys invested a lot of the wide receiver position. And not too f- long ago, he was a, a thousand-yard receiver. And he's the type of guy who can get open consistently. He can catch well he's a good athlete, maybe not a true burner down the field, but he's not bad in that regard by any means. And you'll probably come at like a slight discount. So again, I don't know exactly how much his injury is going to affect how much he gets paid, but I think that someone's going to be willing to pay him a decent amount of money. And I honestly wouldn't be shocked if that's the bears, just because they need a wide receiver. Gallup has a lot of potential. He's still young too. Yeah, I want to say he's like 25, 26 or something. I don't have that off the top of my head, but he, he is a younger guy. So I think that the potential for long-term growth and uh, taking the chance on that injury and hoping he'll recover, uh, I think that's something the Bears could definitely do. Uh, and real quick, one other guy I want to bring up is actually someone else on the Cowboys, and that's Cedric Wilson. Ooh. And he I, if they don't want to go after Michael Gallup, if they don't want to spend the money on someone who's injured – I could see them maybe saving a little bit of money going after a guy like Cedric Wilson, who didn't get a ton of opportunities in Dallas because that's a stacked offense, but he's looked really good in the, fl- in the flashes that he's had. And he's another one of those guys who can get open consistently, uh good athlete, be able to stretch the field. I want to say, I'd have to go back and check. Cause when I watched Cedric Wilson,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I thought I saw, I thought I had a comparison to, Healthy Cameron Meredith, I want to say. I did yeah, see that. I, I can't see that. Yeah, I'd have to go back and check to see if that's right. But somewhere in the, like the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, well, I compared him to somebody. I don't remember. But, you know, yeah. I think both of those Cowboys guys would be uh, interesting. Different financial situations, but still uh, solid receivers outside of that top tier.
0: Yeah, Cedric Wilson would be the kind of signing that I know would not go over well with a lot of Chicago bears fans and they would dismiss it. But to me, especially, you know, again, this comes from, you know, my fantasy nerd dumb is like, he checks a lot of the boxes. And there are times obviously CD lamb is the best pass catcher on that team. Yeah. But you're like Cedric Wilson in any other situation would easily excel. Cause not only does he, re- was he competing with those two wide receivers? You know, they had Blake Jarwin. They had a bunch of other guys. Now, the opposite side of that is that, well, you know, he's he's benefiting from having all these other great receivers on the field, which there is a little bit of merit to, and I understand that, but I think that given an opportunity with a team that can run the foot, that hopefully will be able to run the football, yeah. when you go and you look at Darnell, like we still have Darnell Mooney, who is still going to draw some attention. Yes. So I feel pretty good about that. I think Cedric Wilson would be one of these guys, again, that if we start building – a roster of guys like that that are just solid players. And I know that we're going to give a couple of the kids that we signed this year uh, another opportunity to come back and uh, show what they have. So I like it. I, I kind of like it. I think that it's going to be low-key free agents. And I wanted to, like, if if we end up seeing guys get cut, I, I think Jacoby Myers could end up being somebody who's mm-hmm. – no, no, no. Or um, is it him? No. And Keel Harry. Like okay. N'Keele Harry might end yeah. up getting released. I don't know if his contract's up. He just feels like he's not long for New England. And if Enkeel Harry – like I liked him a lot. Again, this is what the team's doing. Like I was just panning the teams for doing this. But like, <laughs> I liked him at Arizona State and feel like, well, you know what? He comes into a new situation. Like maybe uh, they can find a way to use him. And uh, obviously the coaches would know best and Ryan Poles would know a little bit more than I do, but just thinking about some guys in the AFC who've been bouncing around who have never quite worked up to their potential. And if you're signing guys like DJ Chark, if you get Cedric Wilson, you get in Keel Harry, you already have some guys here on the roster who are decent. You're like, all right, now we're starting to build a little bit of a room. I will ask you, uh, I don't know if anybody else has asked this. so I'll ask yeah. uh, what, what, what about Michael Thomas? Do you mm-hmm. think it's worth it for the bears to investigate going after him? Yes, but at the
1: right price. I think that with Michael Thomas, there is there is risk there because, you know, missing the season and, you know, having the down year uh, by his standards, at least before that. And I don't know exactly what the financials on his contract look like right now, but I can imagine they're relatively steep. Yeah. But with that said, all that stuff going against him, I think that knocks down his trade value. Right. And I think that, that makes it more – uh, likely that a team like the bears could look at him and say hey you know do we want to take this chance that michael thomas bounces back to what he was just a couple of years ago i mean and he's not like some old receiver by any means he's probably still has some good football ahead of him so totally with with that in mind i i definitely consider it i don't know exactly what the saints what their asking price would be for him but uh in in the right situation i i'd look into it that's for
0: sure I think the saints need to be realistic and understand that his trade market is depressed, Yeah, but not a lot of people are going to want to deal for him. A lot of people might consider him somebody that you don't want to bring in to a room with a young quarterback. So I would use that to my advantage. The one thing that always bugs me, uh, this not only goes in, in, uh, in the NFL, but also it always feels this way in, in baseball too, is that, Whenever my team tries to make a deal, it always seems like the Saints are asking for a first round pick or something stupid. And you're like, okay, well, gosh, like that's and then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, Michael Thomas traded, traded to the Patriots for a conditional sixth rounder. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what is why why couldn't we have offered that? So yeah. to me, it feels like if the Saints are smart, that they just need to move on from him, they're not going to be competitive. Yeah. They are going to be, you know, who knows who their quarterback is going to be. Yeah. We're talking about who knows who. I mean, Taysom Hill is their starter at the moment, I believe, because uh, I think Jameis is a free agent. Yeah, I think they need to be – pro I think they just need to move on, and I'm going to be writing an article about that for NFL.com. Like, that's one of the moves I think needs to happen, like one of the trades. They just need to move on for Michael Thomas. I think it would be better if you're one of those teams like the Chief- – I always go back to the Chiefs as a team of like, yeah, like throw Michael Thomas on that team, like figure out a way. And I know too, like everybody will bring up the salary cap. And to me, I'm like, the salary cap is always like uh, my children as an excuse. Like if I, if I, if I don't want to go anywhere, like, yeah, I can't. I, I got my kids. Like I can't do that. Anymore. And then, uh, but believe me, like if there's something fun, if you got tickets to the Super Bowl, oh, suddenly I found a babysitter miracle, yeah. Yeah. miracle. Every team finds salary cap room when you need it. So for me, I'm kind of with you. I would take Michael Thomas for the right price. But if we get into this fandom with anything in the first, you're not getting a draft pick in the first two days. Absolutely not. Yeah. You want to do something third day? Let's talk. And if you're not, hold on to them. Finish four and 11. But is that right? Can that happen? Four and 13? Jeez, I hate hate the 17th game. (laughs) Um, The dumbest thing ever. Yeah.
1: Like, I'm so used to this whole eight and eight thing, and like, oh, that's an average team. But now, now it's eight or nine and nine and eight. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's going to take me a while to get used to.
0: Go back. Actually, what they should do is go to 14 games. Cause everybody's like, oh, I love football. I'm like, I like good football. Like, yeah. I would, like, there was a difference between the wild card round and the divisional round. Like, oh, yeah. Extra football is not always better football. We can get rid of the seventh team making the playoffs. We can get rid of. Some, we're gonna get a, rid of a bunch of things. You had 14 games where these guys can go balls to the wall and play their hardest, and nobody's mailing in games. Every game matters like the college football season, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, uh, I, that's a cold open at some point. But let's uh, let's roll through some some more of these questions because I'm sure the Windy City Gridiron fans are coming out in math, uh, mass. Jazz uh, is here. Our move uh, tight end already on the roster is our. Is so our move tight end already on the roster? Or is that something we look to address?
1: Yeah, so I'm admittedly not 100% sure how this, you know, gets offense is going to use tight ends. I mean, I'm sure that there's some uh, LaFleur, some sort of Shanahan influence in terms of, you know, utilizing them across the middle of the field on seams and drags and whatnot. Uh, but – I, I don't know. I, I get a lot of flack on Twitter because I'm not 100% sold on Cole Komet. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: kidding. I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. No, like I have, I have people who are genuinely like coming at my throat basically because I'm like, hey, uh, Cole, Cole Komet isn't bad. I, I will say this. Did if you me,
0: compare him to Adam Shaheen the other day? Was that you?
1: Uh, no. What was your
0: tweet? What did you say? Was it uh, you? I don't think so. I mean, I,
1: I've tweeted about – I tweeted something about Cole Komet, his rookie year. I called him healthy Adam Shaheen. And
0: Damn it. I know. I knew I know. it was here.
1: I know. I know. And – You were
0: Lester. Lester probably hates him too.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: now I'm mad at Windy City Grid. I, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah,
1: now everyone's furious at me. Uh, do Yeah. But, no, uh, I, I think he took some steps – Uh, This year, he definitely improved. And I think that's encouraging with that said, I do think that his stats were a little bit inflated. I think that there are a lot of instances of garbage time production and uh, defenses that are very clearly playing like prevent coverages or, you know, just very passive and trying to make sure that, Hey, you know, I want to make sure we don't get beat deep. You know, we can allow something intermediate, whatever. Uh, And I think Komet a lot of his production did take advantage of that. So I, I hesitate to say that he's a good tight end, but I can't say he's a bad tight end either. So Jimmy Graham's probably gone. Uh, Jesse James is slated to hit free agency. And then there's JP Holt from Jesper Horstead. I like Jesper Horstead.
0: Yeah, buddy.
1: I don't know exactly how big of a role he'll, he should have in an offense. I think he should be on the team. I think the Bears should try and keep him around and see what they, you know, continue to build him and see what they can get with him. But I think that Cole Komet's a better in-line guy, someone who can play closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, I I don't think he's athletic enough to be the type of guy you can put in the slot or you can put out wide or whatever. Uh, I think that Cole Komet has a very clear role in the NFL, and maybe Nagy didn't do the best job of utilizing him in that role. What? I know. I know. I'm shocked. It's almost like there's a trend going on here. It's insane. But – Yeah, no, I I think that – I think Cole Komet's a solid starter. I think they could stand to add add a little bit more of an athletic tight end to complement him. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, we'll see. I don't expect that to be a major priority this offseason by any means, but something to consider if the right situation comes around.
0: I really liked coming into the draft more than Cole Komet. I like Chase Claypool. Yeah. And I I shudder to think – the lunacy we would have seen out of Chase Claypool who couldn't keep his composure with Mike Tomlin, like what he would have been doing with Matt Maggie. Uh, it, it it just frightens me of what could have happened. But I really liked, I still think that Claypool is a, a, a good player. Who's got an opportunity. He, he made a mistake. These kids do this. Like this is, it, it, it happens. Um, But I do look at commit at and I know that there is that argument of, you know, A lot of his production came, you know, in that Steelers game. They were playing catch up, but like those plays still happen. You know, he's running down the seam. Yeah, he's still a very young player, and so I look at how long it took players like Travis. I know it's stupid to be like, "Well, Travis Kelsey did it, so why not?" But I understand that there's different levels of this. But he's still a very young player, so if given an opportunity. I think that when you look at this Packers offense, we saw Bob Tunyon emerge from nowhere yeah. two seasons ago and became a thing. And I think that one of the guys, Horsted or Komet, could end up developing into that type of player. I think if we can get if we can get past Kelsey, like it's not going to be like the Kelsey Kittle thing might not be happening yeah, no. for these guys. Like I, I hate to say it, like I'm sorry to break this team, but like what about what about people? Peaked up Bob Tunyon. That wasn't bad. That was a nice season. Like, reliable pass catching tight ends. All right. I can do that. Like, I I could get into that. And if we we run the ball better, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. All right. Let's see what else we have, Sammy. Any chance? Yeah, Ethan. Hmm. Now you know this is where my head's at. Yeah. Any chance? Justin Fields has a second year like Joe Burrow. Got former Ohio State quarterbacks, both of them. Yeah. Uh, both teams wear orange. Oh, the similarities. <laughs> They're there. Yeah. What do you think? I think that
1: an improvement is definitely to be expected. I think that first year to second year, uh, I, I know the whole sentiment is, oh, you need three years to – develop to say whether a draft pick was good or not and i do agree with that and i also think with quarterbacks the jump from first year to second year can also be pretty telling of what to expect from that guy going forward so i'm really interested in seeing what fields can do i'm i think that definitely a lot to work with i think that he's got a good arm insane athlete he's already probably a top five at in terms of pure rushing dual threat quarterbacks. I'd say he's top five in the league uh, yeah. pretty handily at this point. And he's got a good arm. He can stretch the field when they let him stretch the field. And, yeah. uh, you know, there, there are some things he can cut down on. Uh, like, you know, there's some questionable decision-making on the field, but there is a lot to work with. And I think that comparing fields – and I don't want to be this guy because – His time, Mitch Trubisky's time in Chicago, uh, it's over with. He's in Buffalo. We just finished a season. He's probably going to get a decent contract somewhere else this offseason. I wish him the best. I'm not trying to crap on the guy. At the same time, there's considerably more hype around Fields than there there was with Trubisky after his third year. And sure, Fields didn't light it up. He didn't have very good production in terms of the box score and – Definitely on the field, there is something to be desired, but the flashes were there. I mean, just go back and watch that Steelers game. It's a tragedy that the Bears didn't win that game because Justin Fields ball out. And I don't think that's something we've seen very often from a Bears QB over the last, God, forever. Ever? <laughs> yeah, since Sid Luckman in the 1940s throwing it three yards uh, every play.
0: Give it, day. Give, give Jim McMahon his credit.
1: Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm not trying to hate on Jim McMahon. He, I'm just kidding. He, he was solid. Uh, he was solid. He, uh, he, was,
0: he, solid. Was, a he solid. was a good quarterback yeah. <laughs> for the 80s. That's the thing about McMahon is a lot of people didn't give him credit for is how good he was throwing the ball deep. And I think the thing with Justin Fields is everybody watches the, the fourth down touchdown run against the 49ers. And they think like, oh, yeah, he's just this running quarterback. And you're like, no, his deep ball accuracy is something to behold. It is actually the best part of his game. He can run. He's yeah. very fast. But he's, he's, he's a lot better with his decision-making than, than people will give him credit for, especially once he starts to get a decent offense around him and some yeah. coaching that really know how to utilize his talent. Some of the mistakes that he makes, the way he holds the football – Maybe wind. I I don't get too caught up in the windup as much yeah. as other people do. I think as long as he's protecting the football, it'll it'll be fine. Yeah. He'll get it there. He can extend plays. Like he's what he what he might miss in a, in a little bit of a windup is like he's extending plays like you can't do with other quarterbacks. Yeah. So I think a lot of the I think a lot of the heat uh, is not warranted. And I think that I I what Joe Burrow did was uh, something special. And we shouldn't come into the season expecting like, well, it's the same thing. I know I I put it out on Instagram today, a little tongue in cheek, but at the same time, like, why, like, why shouldn't you feel that way? Like it's, it's February right now. I don't need to slap myself with realism. We haven't even started the combine. We haven't started the, 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 the free agent process non-tampering or whatever. I'm sure some stuff will leak <laughs> eventually, but yeah. that's it let's just have some fun. Like why why not why not Justin Fields? So Jazz, was it Jazz who asked that? But in any event, uh go wild. Why not? Why can't he do it? That's that's my feeling. Anyways, let's go another question. If Rogers stays in Green Bay, do you think we should consider this year as a rebuilding year?
1: Hmm. Okay, so I think that if Rodgers leaves Green Bay, then the NFC North is wide open, and I think that opens an opportunity for the Bears to compete. I don't think there they'll be Super Bowl contenders next year by any means. I think that in a great timeline, they're pushing for a playoff spot this year, and then the next year they're making a deeper playoff run. And Justin Fields is developing into a you know a potential Pro Bowl level quarterback. That's the best you're looking at here, but if Rogers stays in green Bay, I mean, I feel like that does change a little bit in your approach and saying, okay, we don't have as much of a chance to win the division, but I don't think that necessarily means, okay, we need to sell everything. We need to get rid of all of our guys. Uh, We need to tear it all down right away. Uh, I think that there's still an opportunity to compete for a wild card spot. And, a Full disclosure, I'm not a huge fan of pushing to compete for just a wildcard spot because I think that's more or less the uh, the purgatory of the NFL where you're, you're good enough to make the playoffs, but you're not good enough to make a deep run and you're not bad enough to get a high draft pick. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's a very difficult situation to be in. I think the Bears could – I think they'll be better next year. I think they will be yeah. better next year with better – uh, coaching and some new faces on both sides of the ball. But uh, I, I do think that this isn't the type of season that you're expecting to make a deep run either way. Uh, but I think that, you know, if Rogers does stay in green Bay, then maybe they will be a little less aggressive, but I, I still think regardless, the core philosophy is going to be pretty similar.
0: No, I agree with all that. My hot take would be Aaron Rodgers should not impact this team one way or the other, and that the, the build the build should be slow. Like I think that if Rogers left, I wouldn't mortgage the future to get a bunch of veterans in here to make a push to see perhaps what could happen. I think that the Bengals are a perfect example of and in, in the Bengals are walking through the conference that's loaded right now. Yeah. Like, uh, the majority of the good teams are in the AFC. It's not like you know the the Bengals fluke their way in a down year for the AFC, like this was peak AFC, the Chiefs, Bills, all the – those teams were excellent. Uh, Tennessee was a very good team as well that just, you know, got caught up with uh, Derrick Henry's injury. Yeah. So they – it's not like the Bengals just – like, hey, they are able to take advantage of of some weaknesses there, although I will admit the Baltimore Ravens did have some injuries and probably would have been a a bigger factor in the playoffs had they – you know, made it, but still at the same time, you know, there was a very competitive AFC and the Bengals made it, you know, the Bengals walked in there. And so I don't think that it's, you dismiss it. Like you don't, you don't try to not win. You don't go full uh, Steven Ross or something like that. You, you compete. That's a good thing. You know what? I will say this too. I know this is getting off track, but the McCaskey family gets a lot of grief. Yeah. But they they come from Hallis stock. And there is a reason why this team has not had a number one overall selection since what the 50s, the 30s, whenever it was. Uh, yeah. Like they don't like, never gonna be the like always at least competitive, like they're bad. They they <laughs> great sometimes. Yeah, there's been stretches, but they're still like I would never I would never fathom in a million years Virginia McCaskey calling up the coach and be like, yeah, oh, let's lose a few games. Like that's just not. This is not something a Hallis is gonna do.
1: Yeah.
0: So for every and I say this, Jacob, every time, every show, if you ever listen to the show, I'm always like, I feel like I'm a McCaskey Hallis cheerleader because I'm like, listen, yeah. once once this organization gets back to winning, because I remember what it was like with the McCaskies when the team was good. Like yeah. that. It, it's another football family. It's Rooney's. It's that uh, the Maras, the uh, the Urses, like all that stuff. Just people like God, oh, a cool football family lineage. She's holding the Hallis trophy that her dad. It's named after her dad, and hopefully, she can get another opportunity yeah. to get her hands on that one more time at least. But I think again, if Green, if, if Rogers is there, sweet, like whatever, like that's fine. I think there's an opportunity to sneak in and win the North if yeah. Rogers is gone. But I think that the plan has still got to be over the next couple of years and maximizing these early years of uh... (laughs) by the way, I never discussed with our producers. If I can, if I can work blue here, because I want Rogers, this is, this is uh, Jabari saying, I want Rogers to stay so the bears can beat the S out of him. Uh, (laughs) We owe him for that. I own you comment. And you know what? This is absolutely something that I said. And I said this uh, when I was on uh, uh, the tape never lies network, the night of the draft, when they drafted Justin Fields, it was still up in the air, of whether Rodgers was going to return or not coming heading into last year. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I I do want to super kick him <laughs> and throw him through the barbershop window. Yeah. Like that's that's the way that I want it to be. Like I think in 2018. To me, it was delightful that we beat Rodgers to win the NFC North. Now, Eddie Jackson should have just fallen down in the GD end zone, not injured himself. But at the same time, it was it was satisfactory, like the screensaver. On my, uh, my my monitor over there is the Khalil Mack back sack. So I don't know how you feel. I'm assuming similar. You better. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> like, how do you like, I kind of like, like it to me, whether Roger stays or goes like to me doesn't really matter if he leaves so long, I'm not going to miss you, but I would like the opportunity to be the team that drives him out of town.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, there's that part of me that does want that super kick moment, that that Sean Michaels to the Marty Jannetty, that uh, that uh, Young Bucks to Adam Cole kicking him out oh. of the WWE uh, back. In the Wait, day. you want him to kill?
0: You want no, him no, to murder?
1: No, Aaron, the Young not, Bucks murdered
0: Adam Cole.
1: I'm not advocating for the murder of Aaron Rodgers. Don't, I just want to make don't poison
0: talk. his don't poison his sports drink. I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> But I mean, he, eventually he'll come back in four years. He'll come back in four years. So it's, it's a temporary death, but.
0: Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> he'll uh, show up like, oh my gosh, he's still there. But yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but no, I think that there's definitely that part of me that's that wants to have that closure of Aaron Rodgers finally falling to the Bears. But at the same time, I'm not going to say that that has to happen. I mean, if he leaves, like, okay, cool. You know, we don't have to face him. Uh, twice a year again i'm totally fine with that you know so it's yeah. you'd love for there to be some sort of storybook ending but at the same time if he leaves he leaves and either way like i'm as a bears fan i'd be cool with it either way
0: yeah i would say that the the bills don't seem to mind uh not having to be tom brady like yeah it's fine like it's okay yeah like I beat Mac Jones. I don't care. Like, bring yeah. in Jordan Love. Like, I don't care. Trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, whomever it is. Yeah. Uh, I just want to beat the Packers. It's sweeter storybook wise. If yeah. I'm booking this, if I'm writing the movie, of course, we'd want to beat Rodgers 49 to nothing uh, and then go on to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But you know what? Whatever. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm good with it. Fields,
1: uh- Justin Fields lifted up on the team shoulders uh, Yeah, championship game at soldier field. Everyone's going crazy, but uh, not everything gets a storybook ending, unfortunately. yeah.
0: But I like Jabari's attitude. I think that's what, that's what we should say. Like we want, Rod. We should actually, we're going to look dumb when he beats us again, but like <laughs> bring it, come back, buddy, come yeah. back. Like, we're going to be like the one, two, three kid when he was fighting razor Ramon, like <laughs> ah, kick me one more time. Yeah. Uh, in any event, what, how about a couple more questions and then uh, we'll let Jacob get out of here. Can we talk about the top three players we want to resign and what they will cost? If you die, if you, if you, if you dove into this, dived into this, dived into this, I think this is the problem. <laughs> way to it. Who do you think? Who are the guys we need to bring back?
1: Yeah. So I'm very torn admittedly with where I stand about the bears, current free agents who i want to bring back at what price, uh, I think that there's one debate in my mind because I think you're either bringing back one of them or none of them. You're not bringing back both. And that's James Daniels and below Nichols. Yeah. I think both of those guys are going to be pretty similarly uh, priced. I know people who know a lot more about salary cap evaluations and salaries and stuff like that. Uh, I want to say Brad Spielberger from uh, PFF and over the cap, he said like, uh, like ten million ish a year for James Daniels on like a four year deal, and that's something I'd be a little hesitant to pay for him because I, I personally think James Daniels is more in that six seven million dollar range.
0: Yeah, like a little bit bad. too much. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a little too much for me.
1: Yeah, like he's not bad by any means. I think he's you know a quality guard, but at ten million, I'm expecting one of the better guards in the game. I don't think I've seen that out of James Daniels, and then. At the same time, you're looking at Ball Nichols. He'll probably make a little bit less money because teams aren't spending as much along the interior defensive line. I feel like than they are the offensive line. But I still feel like Nichols maybe like eight nine million a year, something like that. And for someone who, yeah, he's a good fit in an Eberflu scheme. I think that he could definitely fit uh, more like not to the same level, but right. the similar role as a Tommy Harris in that Lovey Smith scheme as. Uh, going back to the Bucks, like a Warren Sap. And, you know, those are high bars to reach. I don't think Nichols is going to play that well, but you play a similar role in the defense, I feel like. But it's just a matter of, okay, these guys are solid. They're not great. Am I willing to pay them a good amount of money to hope that they continue to be solid and that they can continue to develop? I don't know. But I will say one guy that I do want to bring back is Jakeem Grant. Yes. I think, I think that. Considering the fact that he doesn't have a massive role on offense, he can be brought back for relatively cheap. Like maybe like more a little bit more than the vet minimum, but maybe like two million on a one-year deal, something like that. You bring him back, he can be the return man, he can be like wide receiver four, wide receiver five, even, depending on who they bring in. Like I, I think he picked it up a little bit down the stretch. Totally. And was he perfect as a returner? I, I wouldn't say so. I think that there are still some uh he had some issues a little bit like early on when he was first in Chicago that people I feel like overlooked because he you know made it as a Pro Bowl or as an all pro and whatnot. But yeah, he's still a good returner. He's still uh you know, one of the better returners in the league, and he's super dynamic and explosive and offers an element of speed and uh versatility too to the offense. So I'd like to see them bring back Jakeem Grant. Uh, the other guys I'm not as sure about, but if I had to guess, I think they'll bring back one of James Daniels or Bilal Nichols. I just don't know who yet. I really have no idea who I prefer, honestly.
0: I think they're going to go with Nichols, and I think they're going to end up trying to figure out the – I think they want to completely revamp the offensive line. I think that we've seen enough out of Nichols to be like, you know what? He's a good player, switching to 4-3, and if you get Bobby Quinn and a healthy Khalil Mack on the ends, they'd – Nichols can end up playing a huge role for this team, especially if Akeem Hicks does not uh, return to the team, which it doesn't look like. Yeah. So I, I think that the offensive line is going to be the one. And even, you know, there are some high-priced free agents. I'm just curious, too, philosophically, if it's just better to where you're like, we're not spending money this year. Like, it sucks. I know. We'll try to be competitive. We're not going to go out there and try to lose. We're not tanking. We're not doing anything like that. Yeah. But we're going to try to be just competitive, but, but understand that we're going to invest heavier the following year when this team should be ready to make that step to be Super Bowl contenders. But then I talk myself into, like, well, why not this year, especially if Rodgers leaves. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the, and they have, like, the NFC, too, man, we got to – like, if you look at it, the Rams are not going to be as good next year. We did; They're just not going to be. Yeah, you know, um, we saw it coming into this season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were—they returned all 22 guys. Like things happen. Yeah. There's a reason why nobody's repeated as Super Bowl champions since the early 2000s, which of course was the Patriots. The Saints are going to be terrible. the The NFC East, I don't think, is getting much better unless the quarter unless something happens in Philadelphia. But I think Dallas and Philadelphia are fine. Washington, unless they solve their quarterback issues, are going to be okay. The Packers would be obviously the best team in the conference. And who knows who's going to be the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because if they go back to Jameis Winston, then, like, I think that evens that out. So there's there's a chance that this Bears team can factor into the mix, and you never know. You know, you get a break or two, things happen, you never know. So, again, it's always a it's such a weird thing, and I, I'm glad that Ryan Poles is making these decisions. I am not, so uh, <laughs> I will sit here and play fantasy. But I think we do have time for one more. Uh, question before we close this mm. is, yeah, Olav at 39, is he actually realistic? Uh, again, going back, I want to tell everybody to go back, check out your article on the Windy City Gridiron. It's part of SB Nation. You have Auburn. Who do you have? Oh, yeah, it was uh, Roger McCree, yeah. uh, the quarterback. But Olav is the guy that everybody looks at, and they say, like, he's our Jamar Chase. What do you think of that scenario? I know you love David Bell. But uh, do you think that that's realistic?
1: Unfortunately, I don't. And full disclosure, I do have a uh, a round one grade on him right now. And yeah. I think that, I, again, I don't know exactly how early in the first round I'm going to have at this point because my grades and all that stuff is still pretty fluid. Like there's still more I got to watch. But I think that he's a mid to late first round pick. I think it's pretty almost locked in at this point. And I don't want to say completely locked in cuz like anything can happen. He can have uh his gas mask incident like a Laramie tonsil and then fall into the second one yeah. or whatever and then you know people are freaking out like oh what are we going to do? But no, I think that I think he's probably a first round guy. I think that uh we saw at Ohio State, you know, him and Garrett Wilson. Uh, I think a is a good uh good route runner. He's got a good feel for the game, good athlete, good hands and Obviously, if he's available at 39, I'd love to take him
0: 100%. Because
1: yeah. I, I think that he'd be the best player on the board in that instance. And plus you factor in the whole Justin Fields thing, you know, they want to copy what the Bengals did with Burrow and Chase, want to copy yeah. uh, like the Dolphins with Tua and Waddle, even the Eagles with uh, Hertz and Devontae Smith, you know. But like that's yeah. – it's a trend. You know, teams are doing that to try and get their QBs more uh, acum- uh uh, why, why am i blanking on the word why am familiarity. i Familiarity. you want somebody familiar. familiar yeah
0: familiarity. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly yeah so I, I think that if he falls into round two i think the bears definitely look into it uh maybe if he's around like 34 35 maybe deal up to get him like yeah. not a. I wouldn't trade up a significant amount because look it. you've already moved up twice in the last draft i mean you got fields and jenkins out of it but that kind of left the the cupboard a little bit bare now. So you don't have a ton of draft capital to work with in ideal situation. You look to trade down, but if a love's available there, then I don't know. It's a possibility. I don't think he falls that far, but uh, never say never in the NFL. I feel like.
0: I feel like teams should be cool and just let them fall. Like, come on, like be cool. Like just let them go. Like whatever you're doing. I will say this though. And we've seen this over the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of wide receivers, not a lot, but a couple of wide receivers who I would say have first-round grades on them. T. Higgins, I thought, was a first-round value. Yeah. He ended up going in the second round to the Cincinnati Bengals, played a huge role in the Super Bowl, burned Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he grabbed his face mask and whatever. <laughs> threw him in the ground, but whatever. Like, hey, Jalen, quit. Like, oh, you love to run your mouth, Jalen. So uh, just deal with it. <laughs> And then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Denzel Mins that he fall to the second round as well? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. In
1: late second round, I want to say. I
0: yeah, mean, I so I'm
1: surprised I, by that.
0: Did yeah, so this is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I don't know if the if the Jamar Chase changes anything, or if people look at this and they're like, well, I think that again, because a lot of us who are outside of the uh, the inner circles of these NFL teams. We fancy ourselves the offense more than we do anything else. And I, I, I know explicitly that I do. Um, I don't wanna, I know that you're, a, you're more of a draft guy than I am, and you do a better job of this than I do. and so. But I know that I'm guilty of this. So when I see, you know, a lot of them like, that guy should go 14th. And you're like, but if, you know what I'm saying? And then the next thing you know is like, how did he fall? to the Like T. Higgins, that'll be the one. I, I really like Denzel Mims too. But yeah. T. Higgins was the one where I'm like, what is wrong with you? Well, first of all, I was upset that Justin uh, Justin Jefferson fell so far. And by the way, I've got the receipts. You can go check out my mock draft. The only – I do one mock draft a year, and I had Justin Jefferson, and I said if he goes to the right situation, which he shouldn't, or he should, or whatever, yeah. uh, he's going to end up being the rookie of the year. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, I did want to thank you because I don't want to keep you too long. I always feel bad. I hope I let you know that we were going to be an hour. I always feel bad. Like, it's- oh, yeah, we're doing an hour. I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if you thought you were coming in for 10 minutes or something, but like, yeah, we're doing an hour. Yeah. But uh, I do want to thank you for coming in. Can you, uh, I know, again, putting over the Windy City gridiron, I don't know why I have a speech impediment. I cannot say those words (laughs) together fast. It's been something that's bothered me since I I was a child. That's why I always refer to Chicago as the second city. So why you guys couldn't be second city gridiron, I'd be all over it. But in any event, uh, where can we find more of your work and what do you got coming out uh, down the road?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, everyone listening, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Infante24. That's I-N-F-A-N-T-E 24. And then Jacob just spelled normally. Uh, And then you got – not to knock people who are named Jacob with a different spelling. You do You you are. (laughs) Yeah, if you name your kid with like a K and a U or whatever, I'm going right at you right
0: now. Yeah, right now.
1: Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, you can find a lot of my bears and draft work over at Windy City Gridiron. Uh, That's with SB Nation. I do a lot of stuff over there. Uh, I do occasional NFL draft stuff over at the Draft Wire as well with uh, USA Today. I've got a couple prospect interviews coming up. I just had uh, Sauce Gardner, the Cincinnati corner. I just had. Oh, interview. cool. Yeah, I, that, I, that was a couple days ago that just came out. And I've got a couple down the stretch here that I'm you know, going to be posting over the next few weeks. And I'm trying my best to do a bears mock draft every week because people love mock drafts. I love I mock drafts. And I like, you know, shouting out new players and giving people like, Hey, check out this guy. Not a lot of people are talking about him, you know, and just using that as a platform. So yeah, I'm trying to do weekly mock drafts and then interviews and all this good stuff. But yeah, no, I've got a lot of stuff coming up in the, all, all over the off season, but.
0: Thank very you very nice.
1: for having me. I really appreciate it. No.
0: My pleasure. And I feel like that was a shot at me because I only do one mock draft a year. No, whatever. No. I'm real lazy. What can I say? By the way, what is the 24? Who's that? Who's the 24?
1: Uh, okay. So that's a, that's an inside joke from like seventh grade for me.
0: Oh, geez. Uh, I knew it.
1: <laughs> I I don't remember what it was. Like someone –
0: you don't have okay. I just want to. I just want to know. You're like I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan or whatever it is. No, um, I,
1: I, I grew up liking Kobe for sure. But in the 24, it was just some you know stupid middle school thing, and it just developed because whoever had the at Jacob Infante hasn't tweeted since like 2012.
0: That's son of a b.
1: And some some of my friends kind of make fun of me for it because it's like this. I mean, he's you know he's grown up now, but it was like you know a kid's account just tweeting random things. There's one who's just like straight up Dolph Ziegler that yeah. whole tweet and whenever like I you know complain to my friends like, oh, why can't I be Jacob Infante uh, then they'll just send that to me as like this is good content going on over there. so uh, it is what it is.
0: All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Thank you again for coming in tonight. This was awesome. Uh, Thank you for everybody. All the fans of the uh, Windy City Gridiron who joined us here tonight. I know that uh, there's a lot of questions here. Sorry we couldn't get to them. But the good news is we will be back next Tuesday for Take It to the Rank. We will have another guest for you and we'll get an opportunity to answer some of these questions. We'll tell you there will be a podcast on Thursday. I cannot tease. We have not we have not confirmed our guests. But I'm, lock, I'm trying to lock in somebody to talk about the Devin Hester situation, what goes on in the Hall of Fame voting room. So hopefully we'll get some more uh, some clarity on what happened with that and why Devin Hester is not a first-round guy. But, Jacob, thank you so much. We will see you soon. Let's do a home-and-home home anytime you need me to be. I mean, I'm inviting myself onto your podcast. <laughs> but if you need me, I'm there for you. would love to do it. But thank you so much. Yeah,
1: of course. Again, thank you so much. It's truly
0: an honor. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, there he goes, Jacob Infante. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. And again, we will be back on Thursday, back to our normal time. Again, trying to lock in somebody to talk a little bit about Devin Hester, talking a little bit more about what the Bears should do during this offseason. So until that time, that's it. That's all I got. We'll see you then. Sammy, let's play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.